Welcome to the Black Hat Chat podcast with Lee Johnson and Reverend Kai, a weekly show about living as a modern crafter where two witches discuss a variety of topics concerning magic and witchcraft. You can also catch us live on Fridays on YouTube. The links are in the description of the podcast or in the about section. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea and let's begin. Everybody's starting to get back in the room, so I'm going to do it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, good people. This is a black blackout jazz <laughs> coming to you from somewhere in the universe. We're not quite sure ourselves at the moment. Kind of sketchy on that one, but yeah, we're in some universe, somewhere, somehow, trying to broadcast. <laughs> And Richard is back. Hello, Richard. Sounds like those old radio broadcasts you'd pick up in the middle of the night. You know, can you hear me out there <laughs> in radio land? We're broadcasting from some unknown location. <laughs> yep. Somewhere in the cosmos. All right. Then. I didn't hey? go astral traveling. <laughs> I didn't go astral traveling with my internet. I promise. <laughs> no. uh, one of our, one of our videos might just get a bit jerky, but at least the sound will go through, so that's all right. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. How has everybody been? How have you been, Lee? How's uh, your week? Uh, I don't know. Kind of inactive kind of dead nothing happening nothing going anywhere i've been writing so that's that's, that's okay oh, that's good yeah i've had an eclipse in my sixth house and and it's been manifesting as expected <laughs> lots of lots of health problems lots mm. of body uh making me feel imprisoned uh, that's yeah. that sixth twelfth house theme but yeah yeah it's been a rough rough week and mm. uh, and then we had a time change in there which normally doesn't bother me but lee had to remind me what time it was <laughs> 20 minutes ago hey yo we're doing a thing would you like to show up <laughs> just in case yeah because i changed all of my notes and everything else and i didn't change the alarm on my phone mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah, it's been one of them kind of weeks. <laughs> uh, Lady Capera is back. Hello, Lady Capera. And Richard said, I've, I've had a bit of everything this week. Yeah, kind of does feel like that. Yeah. 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 Bit of a weird week. It, well, I mean, thinking back to the astrology, we had that eclipse on the 8th. And then yesterday was that Venus-Neptune trine where it's like... <gasps> Ah, healing. But wait, but wait. It's still crazy out there and everything is going insane. 
Uh, Sarah said, yep, my cat refuses to recognise daylight savings, so we're eating an hour early indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys go going back again? Yes, that's what I understand. The last I read on it, the is we're going to go back again in the spring, and then that's it. That's okay. where we're going to stay. Hmm. Um, I think that's what's going on. I, sometimes reading the news about what Congress decides is like trying to decipher a weird puzzle where I know, I know that I speak English. I know. But I'm not real sure when I'm reading it. <laughs> well, well, today's show is about fate versus free will, so it was all just fated. <laughs> it was all just fated. Nah, nah, I'm the one who chose not to set my alarms. Alright, if anybody's got any questions, just drop them in the chat and uh, we'll, we'll uh, discuss those. We did do a Fate versus Free Will show previously, um, so uh, we're just kind of extending from that. Uh, I think I think Kai is going to argue for Free Will today. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to argue for Fate. We're going to flip our positions because uh, we're witches and we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So everything's fated. Thanks for watching everybody. <laughs> That's a cop out answer. <laughs> uh. Actually I think I think the big uh issue with the whole fate thing is that when we say fate and we talk about destiny, it's kinda like this you get this impression that everything is predetermined from beginning to mm -hmm. end. Um, but in our worldview, it is a case of it gets woven as we're stepping on the path. So it's constantly being woven. So yeah. ch changes can happen. Yeah, but, but I, I think I think when we hear fate um, and destiny, we think of, of concepts like predestination. Um, you know, it has to be. Uh, because it was planned out by some higher intelligence. Mm. And um, I don't think there is necessarily um, an architect figure in a lot of cunning craft cosmology. We do absolutely have a concept of fate. We talk about old dame fate, uh, the mistress fate, overcoming fate, all of it. I mean, we use the word fate all the time, but it's not the same. Um, I think it's very similar to how uh, worship means something very different in a Christian worldview than it does in a pagan worldview. Mm. Fate means something different, too. Um, it still has that idea of stuff that has to happen, but especially, um, I, I, I'm of course coming at it from a heathen-flavored context, it means debt. There are certain debts that must be fulfilled, and those debts do flow from choices that we previously made, but those choices were based upon the debt that we were in at the time. Mm. And so, um, Blades just said, it's fated that I have to go pee. That's a perfect example mm. of fate. It really is. Um, if you take in liquids, 
your body's going to do what it's designed to do, and you eventually have to pay that debt. You have to go pee. <laughs> you have to, to finish the process out. Now, you can make some choices along the way, absolutely. Like how long you want to hold it, where you want to pee, if you'd like to get cystitis, you know, all that sort of stuff. And eventually all of those choices accumulate into another kind of debt, a long-term debt that is built out of multiple choices. And that's often what we ascribe to fate because humans are pretty good at short-term perspectives. We're pretty crap at long-term ones. Just generally speaking, you know, um, we can see I did A, um, the consequences, the outcome was B, especially when it happens immediately. And we can usually even get it if it happens like in 24 hours. But it, when it takes 30, 40, 50 years to happen, we're not so good at connecting the dots of cause and effect. <clears throat> and if it's outside of our lifetime, you know, it takes hundreds of years to happen. We really... Um, we aren't terribly good at it unless uh, we're relying on uh, systems of communication that transcend time, which is what makes writing so magical, you know, that we can communicate this information and be able to connect these, these threads of debt uh, through multiple lifetimes when there's no way we can personally be able to come to that conclusion because we have to rely on the observations and the understandings of our predecessors in order to do that. Mm. You know, the difficulty there, I think, comes in when we when we start talking about the cosmic soup. Um, mm. Because if we consider that we have, I mean, we can view it the same as karma, really, uh, the debt, um, the cause and effect and everything else. Um, mm -hmm. So when we die, we go back into the cosmic soup, we get mixed around and then we get all bits and pieces from all different areas and places and other people get pulled out to make the new person. So when it comes to those debts, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at lots and lots of different people um, who have debts. Therefore, we kind of end up having a collective debt Yep. I, I think that's kind of the the big secret in the pagan worldview is there's no such thing as an individual. Mm. And therefore, your idea of choice and free will can't be based in the idea of the individual. And a lot of people have a real hard time reconciling that. Because when we think free will, we think my free will, me alone, all by myself. Mm. No, not really, because you're not really, truly, ever alone and by yourself. Mm. But I still think we're making choices. We're making choices as a collective very, very frequently. And a lot of us feel powerless um, in the face of those choices by the collective. I'm sure uh, a lot of our, our U.S., uh, watchers having just been through an election on Tuesday are feeling that there's a lot of emotions connected to our election process because here we all go and we're all encouraged to participate as individuals. You know, we all, we all cast our votes. 
Um, hopefully, we all cast our votes. Some people do not vote, which is still participating in the process in a way. And yet, um, it's the voice of the collective that speaks, which doesn't always align with our own voice. And we often feel disconnected from it because it's not what I wanted. You know, it's not what I voted for. It's not what I voiced my opinion for. And still, we are bearers of that collective debt, of that collective choice. And it shapes our reality, uh, sometimes more than others, depending upon what we're voting for and, and what's on the ballot. But, you know, that also, what ends up on the ballot is part of that collective choice and the interactions of the ideas of individuals and the collective. And um, again, especially in the U.S., because we're having this debate frequently over here, um, individualism is, I think, a fallacy. I think the rugged individualism of the American spirit has laid a cotton wool over a people's eyes to how things actually really work out there you know and how things actually really work in here we think we are the ones making the decisions and we are the ones consuming the information and we're making these choices all the time but you know what you're seeing what you're understanding the experiences had have all been shaped by the collective and the opportunities provided to you you can't make decisions about things that you aren't, uh, you know, privy to. And that's all been shaped by that debt. Uh, Richard said, so does free will of one person making bad choices um, end up being a generational curse? That's what that came to mind now. Um, well, I think it's a bit more than generational. But at the same time, you know, we, I think um, when we talk about these things, especially when we bring the word karma in, um, uh. it tends to always go in the direction of if you do something bad, something bad's going to happen to you, that cause and effect. But it's not. It's, it's all decisions. It's not just bad decisions. It's good decisions as well and good actions and good deeds. Everything you do every single little thing has a cause and effect and that that everything falls under this big umbrella of fate and debt etc 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 well i think that's another um you know understanding something through a christian worldview lens the the christian worldview is about punishment it, it's it's designed on punishment Either you do good things and you get rewarded in the afterlife and you do bad things and you get punished. And yet in a, a pagan worldview, punishment isn't the thing. Nobody's sitting there judging you and going, that was bad, that was good. Here's, here's the punishment and here's the reward. Again, it's the idea of a higher intelligence and anthropomorphizing of the laws of cause and effect. You know, and, and karma isn't about meeting out the punishment 
or meeting out the rewards and the gold stars. It's about understanding the collective debt and, and place and everything else, you know, and, and our place in it. We may be just the knot in the web, and yet we view the knot as the entirety of the existence. Mm. Yeah, I think it's all the, the new ages that came along as well and uh, kind of came up with these phrases of uh, karma's a bitch. Um, karma's mm -hmm. karma's going to get you, um, you know, etc. So all these para all these little sayings came out and all of a sudden karma is every bad thing you do. Um, which is a bit of a, bit of a problem. Yeah. yeah. Pithy little phrases will never um, effectively communicate the complexities of life. Mm. And yet, uh, in our modern world especially, we love our sound bites. We love our, our short little sayings, our pithy little bits. And, you know, there's tons of them that we have taken and morphed and, and made into something completely different. Um, I was just watching, you know, a YouTube video on permaculture the other day, and she was talking about the absurdity of the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, that originally started as a phrase that meant something impossible. You can't pull yourself over the hedge by your own bootstraps. It would be absurd. It is an, a, a crazy idea. And yet now, it's used to mean try harder, do better, be self-sufficient. Uh, no one's going to help you. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's taken a complete 180. And it's because, you know, it keeps getting edited and chopped and reduced and, and, and narrowed until it's almost meaningless because it's so tiny, it's so short. You know, and karma is a bitch is another one of those. Mm. Often it's said kind of, of laughing like, oh, they got what they deserved. They did something bad they got the punishment for it but deserve doesn't mean punishment it just means do the consequences the mm. debt that comes out of the action Yolandi mm. uh, said uh, one of my thoughts are that X decides to jump a red light and hits Y's car X's decision had an effect on Y's fate uh, but X didn't make, didn't decide. X was fated to jump the red light. <laughs> well, how can you have debt if you don't have choice? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> if it's all just, if it's all just fate. Then we get into nihilism and, and nothing matters mm. because if you were fated to jump the red light and hit the other person's car and perhaps kill them, are you really a murderer or is it just fate? Well, is it, see, it depends on all the circumstances because if, if X jumped the red light and hit Y's car, uh, you know, maybe Y lived. Um, but there was a reason for that. Even if Y became paraplegic, he may have gone on to um, 
become uh, some voice for the community and made a whole big change in life. But if that didn't happen, that would have never come to be. And that's some, some new age, victim blamey, backwards ass logic of, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but, and where this all ends up is responsibility. Mm. We think if we make a choice, then we have to take responsibility for it. But if it's faded, we feel like we don't have to take responsibility for it. And in the pagan worldview, everybody gets responsibility. Mm. Because the second you are born and breathe there, you have taken on the debt of life. And the debt of life is not backwards, it's forwards. The debt of life is continuing life. Um, you know, it reminds me of, again, another little pithy phrase or a proverb. Uh, we don't owe our ancestors. We owe our progeny. Mm. You know, we are we are not beholden to the rules of those of the past. We are beholden to the responsibility of life for the future. And that is faded. Mm. Whether we choose to engage in the life of the future or not, you know, I'll help pe hear people say, well, I'm not having kids. Doesn't matter. Well, I'm not just talking about humans either. They're not the only thing you're responsible for. You know, there's all the plants and animals and everything else that is alive too. Yeah. Uh, so Lady Capera said, in my opinion, Christianity is based on three precepts, fear, failure, and guilt. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Blade said, I've learned those little phrases have big impacts. Uh, I'm always careful uh, with the way I talk to myself. Yeah, and others, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah self-talk is uh, what shapes reality. That's why writing and, and words and language are so powerful and so magic. Mm -hmm. Because how we divide up the world and how we talk about it is reality. It is the form we give to the force. And are we, there's, there's a good thing. Are we making choices about that form? Are we responsible for that? Do we have free will in the way we choose to language our understanding of the universe? Mm. Yeah, I mean, this, the thing is, we could argue this from both sides. I mean, yes, we, we, we have free will to make those decisions. Um, but at the same time, it could be fated that we go through all those things in order to learn the lessons we need to learn. So that we can ah, get more better. new age. Well, not really. Um, I mean, if you actually look at it from the perspective of absolute fate, um, I became a Christian when I was 18. I got saved, which was an experience, an incredible spiritual experience for, for me. Um, if I didn't have that experience, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. Because that shaped part of who I became. I would have been right. somebody completely different. Um, 
so was that a decision I made or was it actually fate actually pushing me in a particular direction that I needed to go in in order to experience things so that I could become the person I needed to be? Needed. Needed. Who to be. Need. Fate. Who needed? As a higher intelligence? As a force which forms and directs everything in the universe. I wouldn't say a And here we are as a grand architect. Mm. Yeah, there's a difficulty there because I wouldn't really consider it an intelligence, but it is a force which it creates, it forms. Um, what's pushing it, I don't know. But I think, again, this leads back to individualism and the idea of specialness. We have lessons to learn. We are needed to do these things. And it's an uh, absolving of responsibility again. Well, this had to happen. Mm, because it was that, fated. Yeah. Instead of, I chose this path... And of course, it has shaped me. Mm. But it's a cumulative debt of my decisions. Mm. But now, if we are fated to do something, does that absolve us of responsibility? We're still doing it. Um, I mean, if somebody forces you to do a particular thing are you still responsible for it or are they responsible for your the actions that you took you still oh, that wasn't that the the great question at the nuremberg trials no idea <laughs> it, it was yeah. and the answer was you still did it you're responsible because mm. you could have refused orders yeah you could have made a better choice mm. Yeah, you see, I've I've always had a, I've always had difficulty with this topic because I kind of see it from both sides, and I can't make up my mind which is the one I want. <laughs> that that's why we we said last time we both kind of sit in the middle. Well, I I honestly think it's one of those um, bad questions, mm. uh, because so in a Christian worldview, yeah, it's a question because there's punishment, there's reward. There's an afterlife to worry about. There's judgment from a God to worry about. And you have to make the right choice because you might get judged wrong. I don't know how often I hear from folks of Christian persuasion the phrase, don't judge me. Mm -hmm. Or I don't judge. Only God can judge. And yet, in a pagan worldview, it's very different. Judge everybody, everything, all the time. If you're not judging anyone, what are you doing? How are you how are you navigating the world if you're not making choices about what is good for the community and what is bad for the community? What is good for life and what is bad for life? If you are not making those judgments and you are not acting upon those judgment calls, then you are irresponsible. Yeah. Because you're probably running around trying to not be responsible for things you want to you want to have the benefits of life the breathing and the eating and the having a body and everything else without all of the debt that comes with it 
Most judgments are safety as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think the... um, When we transfer over to a pagan worldview, the question of fate or free will, the question of, of choice or not choice, the question of responsibility or not responsibility is not a question. Because the underlying answer is... Yes, it's fate. Yes, it's free will. No, it's neither of them. <laughs> yes, you're responsible. Always responsible. And it doesn't matter whether you chose it. It doesn't matter whether you sat down and you thought, I would like this life, and I would like these challenges, and I would like all of these problems. We want to to transfer the responsibility of such things back onto individuals very, very frequently. Mm, possible, possible. And yet, yeah, yeah they're impossibly um, presupposed questions. How can the fate of a collective choice made hundreds of years ago in the process of evolutionary expansion be placed on the shoulders of an individual and yet it is constantly through things like well these are the lessons you chose for this life when you were unconscious when you didn't remember when you weren't the same person plus we're all collectives of one big happy family happy that's <laughs> <laughs> how the phrase usually goes <laughs> um, Blades uh, said or asked uh, free will comes with responsibility question uh, fate is the outcome of that choice of response question sort of I mean, we could understand it that way. But here's the thing. I think when we talk about it mostly, the assumption is free with responsibility. The power to choose comes with the responsibility. And yet fate somehow does not because I didn't choose it. So it shouldn't be my problem. And I think in pagan theology, the two are divorced. Responsibility is, you don't get a choice in it. Hmm. fate comes with responsibility hmm. because fate is debt I think we have to come back to the beginning and where we actually mentioned that fate is is not a preordained thing it's not predetermined from beginning to end because there is no beginning and end it's just the now and it's constantly being woven yeah. So, because of right. that, um, I, I mean, we, we've I've been listening to Peter's uh, old podcast uh, for mm-hmm. a while now, and the way he explains it quite nicely um, is that we we react to something, and we are fated to react in that particular way to that particular thing. But when that thing happens again, we can make the choice beforehand to react differently. 
So if we had two events that were the same, we reacted this way, if we were fated. If we didn't change anything, if we didn't do anything, if we just continued, then we're fated to react exactly the same way. But we can change the reaction. And by changing the reaction, we then become, evolve slowly into a different person. Uh, which I thought was quite good. Because then uh, uh, the, uh, the way weave gets, gets woven differently. Yep. And, and a lot of this is also, you know, predicated on the concept of a, a linear timeline, mm. a before life, a life and an afterlife. And, um, you know, an understanding of, of linear forward moving time um, with uh, cause and effect. You know, in, in physics, it's the arrow of time. The arrow of time does point in one way, but we've also got to realize that one way is not a line and we're over here and there's the line. The one way is out <laughs> as opposed to in, mm. which is a very different understanding of time. So I always try to explain it. it it's breathing. Breathing has an out and an in. And what we consider in here is actually out here, right? The chest has to go out for the air to come in. Mm. But then when the chest goes in, the air goes out. What does the air feel? Is it going in or out? Or is it going forward or backwards? Mm. Is the air that was outside of your body and now in your lungs, is that transitioning between concepts of life and death because it's within darkness and it's having its molecules torn apart breaking the oxygen off so that our bodies can use it and then expelling the waste products is that a new birth is that a new life into a different understanding of reality did that little molecule of oxygen or nitrogen make the choice to have these lessons to go into somebody's lungs and be ripped apart and broken down and used to fuel cells? Or was it just faded? Because yeah. they ended up near something that was breathing. Yeah. I think one, one good way to experience that is to do bellows breathing where you, you know, we, we normally think of breathe in and breathe out, but if you do the bellows breathing where your surrounding is breathing you in and out. It kind mm -hmm. of reverses that whole process, and it mm -hmm. that's quite fun. And and of course, that's just in the microcosm of our one material body. We have to extend that understanding to the macrocosm because we know reality is holographic. Mm. You know, that's that's as above, so below. That's the ancient maxim of thousands of magicians and so are we breathing is the universe breathing us mm. what what is time is it just a big inhale from the big bang or an exhale maybe no we're just one big breath um blade said that makes sense when you add debt to the equation uh, deborah's here Studio Noir's here. Hello. 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 Um, let's see. Richard said, I think some people are fated to repeat things until they learn the lesson and start practicing their free will to change. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I said uh, just now, I think. Um, 
you know, we we keep res responding to the same thing over and over again in the same way because we're fated to. But we change something, which means that we respond differently. But when we get to that response, we're again fated to respond that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And here's the way I understand this. Mm. Um, I, there is a pattern, right? That pattern is debt or fate. This might be things like um, the circumstances we were born into, the body we were born into, the time we live in, right? Things that are out of our control as an individual. We may make many different choices of our actions, but they're all contained within that particular debt. No matter how hard I want to choose, I cannot suddenly be an industrial robber baron in the 1500s. It's outside of the scope of my free will because it is contained by fate, right? It's contained by those circumstances. And yet, I do have choices. I have choices about the words that I choose and the language that comes out of my mouth that shapes my reality. But it's bound by fate. So I am bound within a certain pattern. But I can manifest, choose, um, react within that pattern in a wide variety of ways. However, the... The goal of the witch is to overcome fate. Mm. So, and how do you overcome fate? By submission to her laws, right? Which always sounds like um, crazy nonsense until you start thinking about um, you can't get out of the pattern you're in unless you work the pattern you're in. Mm. You are stuck in that pattern. You must complete the pattern you must um, manifest the pattern, you must embody the pattern, because only through that can you even perceive the other patterns that may be possible. Hmm. Yeah, no, it is all about submission. Um, Yolandi asked, how can you learn lessons if you don't choose a path and learn from the outcome of that choice? Hmm. Valid question. I don't think many people, you know, chose to go to school and study and learned it. But life lessons. Uh-oh. Did my connection drop? No. What? Yep. No, I've still got you. Oh, we are buffering. But it does say excellent connection. I... I I missed a whole chunk of whatever you said. <laughs> I think mine, my connection dropped. Oh, great. Ooh. OBS says... Patterns. There we go. OBS is picking up again. Uh, <sighs> right. Is everybody still receiving us? Are uh, you receiving my transmission? OBS says I have a good connection again. There we go. Uh, Yay! 
Okay, so let's start the uh, how can you learn lessons if you don't choose the path over again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can everybody hear us now, though? Because <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. I don't know. If <laughs> so we've just got internet dropping all over the place tonight. Yep, yep. Okay. Mine's still dropping packets. Was that faded? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just being an ass. That was my choice. <laughs> all right, I've got, a, I've got a good idea. Let's take a break, get more hot chocolate. And then maybe the internet will be better. Oh, Blade said loud and clear. There we go. All right. But we're going to take a break and get okay. more hot chocolate. Okay. Now that you can actually hear it. Then we'll come back and we'll repeat everything we said in the past 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't lose that much. Um, we just got to start with uh, Yuladi's question because I think that's where we we lost the bit there with the internet. So. Yeah. Um, I have been asked to turn my volume up. My volume is full. Nothing I can do about that. Breaking in and out. It's probably my internet connection. It dropped just now, so... Hopefully it's fixed after the break. It looks good now. Okay. So, we'll see you just now. If you have uh, the link in the description, the link tree for Black Hat Chat, please do so. And you'll find us on Patreon. Uh, where we do what's on the telly twice a month and you will find us uh, on uh, blah, blah, on discord server oh you see now it's going now it's just dropped again now it's coming back again <laughs> yeah i watched you stop talking and then <laughs> yep it's dropping and it's coming back it's dropping and it's coming back it's like a yo-yo all right we'll try after the break um go check out the links in the description there we go oh man see you just now <laughs> It's gone again. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I don't have a I don't have a white screen. Or do I? Let's see. <laughs> I'm gonna put the go live screen on. Okay. <laughs> I think it is the go live screen. <laughs> we don't know. We'll just have to check it. There we go. We'll be back. I promise. <laughs> All right then. I think we're back. Uh, it is not 5 p.m. GMT. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of never left. Yeah. Lee left. He got uh, more hot chocolate. <laughs> I kept talking. <laughs> With my mic still on. Oh well. No, didn't I don't know that. what I said. It wasn't anything terrible, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably just more cussing. I tend yeah. to save that for... <laughs> All your deep dark secrets away. <laughs> My deep dark secrets that I really cuss all the time, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> all right then. Uh, let's get back to your uh, Landy's question, which was up here somewhere. Here we go. How can you learn lessons if you don't choose a path and learn from the outcome of that choice? Right. What did we say again? 
Well, I said, um, I don't think kids choose to go to school and learn algebra, but they still do it. Oh, yes. And then I said, yeah, but what about life lessons? Cause that, that's I don't different. think most people learn life lessons, whether they choose it or not. <laughs> I certainly have a rough time. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that uh, the learning of lessons is necessarily connected to choosing to engage in them. Um, in, in the idea of forethought, I think the learning of lessons, like life lessons, like big things, um, is connected to choice, but it's about choice for engagement afterwards. And again, here we are at the, the linear time problem. And the thing is, you hindsight is twenty twenty, right? How can you learn without all the information? So the only way to choose to learn is after the experience, which is still an engagement with debt. Just confused. Don't you bubble my <laughs> so, so the premise is linear time right and we're like hmm here's a fork in the road i'm going to choose this one right mm. and then we go down that path and, and we we learn things but i think what really happens is we wander along and we eventually go ah crap what happened and we turn around and we look back and we go oh i made a choice yeah, but at the same time, we could bring the idea that when we come to that fork in the road, we make both choices. Mm, and we split, up, split off into parallel lives. In which case, we don't actually make a choice. Right. We're just, we're just fighting. We're just carrying on. <laughs> which, is, which is why observation is the collapse of the wave function. Mm hmm because if life at every fork is a splitting into parallel universes, into the multiplicity of choice, then looking back is a collapse of those many things into a singular path. That's why it's, that's why the engagement is, is the part that makes it into something else. Hmm. This is why this topic becomes so absolutely fascinating because I mean, it's not just about fate versus free will. It's not just about making choices or not making choices. It's about what happens when we do reach those forks. Do we split off into parallel lives? Um, but also time. There is no linear time. It's all lateral. So it all happens at the same moment. Right. Uh, you know, so once you take all of that and the cosmic soup, so it's not just individual. We've just got where everybody's collective debt so you, you put, bring all of that in and you put it all into one big bundle and you either kind of just sit there quietly like I do when my mind just goes on a tangent that it doesn't know where it's going <laughs> which is usually the case 
<laughs> yeah. That's just so Or cool. something else. Um, I think linear time, we have linear time because we are embodiments of, of manifestation. Mm. You know, if we think about the lightning strike in the Kabbalah, right? Uh, in the Tree of Life. There are 32 paths, but the lightning strike is a singular path. Mm. And we're we at the bottom, right? We're way down there in manifestation. And we do have some choices to get up the tree. Three paths out of Mount Puth. Um, but we have to go through Yasad or it doesn't work. Mm. And because we're in this material form, because we're in this this point of these many, many things, the force and the spirit over here and the matter and the material over here, at this one little knot in the web, we feel the... Um, the pressure of extrusion into matter. And that pressure we conceptualize as linear time. We have a past, we have a future, we understand the arrow of time. And, um, and yet there's things that we can't, we can't get our heads around. Like, why is light a wave until we look at it? Mm. Right? Why do things change when we start observing them? We think we're not interacting with them, but attention is interaction. Observation affects reality. And we, you know, we describe the law of contamination or contagion in magic, whereas in physics we call it spooky action at a distance. I love that in physics we have spooky action. Like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> These two little things... We're vibrating together and now we, we ripped them apart and they're still vibrating together. And when we take an action on, you know, particle A, it affects particle B way over here and we don't know how. But if it's linear time, of course we don't know how. We separate it. We made a change and now that change has happened in linear time. But if it's not linear time, they're still together. Mm. And they're still apart. Yeah. And it's both. So... I think it's very difficult to be an extruded into matter bit of spirit and still be able to think on either side of that little knot in the weft mm. where we actually are. I think it's easier to fall to the material side because we can interact with the material consciousness. But when we start really poking at it, we start, you know, really really futzing around with the material we realize eh, it's not really what we thought it was you know it's this desk is not solid it's it's mostly space when we get down to the molecular level us too mm. you know and we're not really us there's there's more cells in this space that we call our bodies that are not us than are us so, you know, it gets kind of kind of wibbly-wobbly when you start really poking too far in either direction. And I think that means we have to go back and examine some of those very, very base assumptions, like the desk is solid. <laughs> Good assumption. I can knock against it. I can't put my hand through it, right? Because my hand is solid. My desk is solid. Mm -hmm. It seems like a pretty 
easy assumption to make, and yet, mm, not really. It's just the speed of the vibrations. Mm. Uh, all right, let me get over to the chat here, because it's starting to pile up, I think. Uh, Salem Sun said, uh, free will, in my opinion, is something you have to work to grasp through immense awareness of yourself and your reality. How much is in your control and not? How much are you able to overcome circumstance? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. oh, con a consistent grasp that one has to develop. Yeah. Yeah. The the phrase a consistent grasp reminds me of you know. Um, understanding control through the lessons of, of sand. You know, grab the sand and hold it very tightly and don't lose a single particle. Mm. Well, the tighter you squeeze, the more, the more it hurts and the more seeps out, right? You can't grasp too tightly, but you also can't just completely let it go. No. Um, Sarah said my experience with Overcoming those patterns uh, was using shadow work and forcing myself to change to move on. Not sure if it's related to fate, but I feel witchcraft helps us understand patterns. Oh yeah, no, it definitely does. Because uh, there's patterns in everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we can find them everywhere. I think a lot of magic um, all over the world is about understanding those patterns. Um finding patterns and seeing, oh, this pattern over here is the same as this pattern over here, mm. you know? And then if they're the same pattern, how are they related? Is it spooky action at a distance kind of thing? Is it the pattern repeating? Is it is it holographic? Is it fractal? Are we understanding things through like layers? You know, sometimes I talk about lower frequency and higher frequency or the same vibrations, the same pattern. And it's a it's an inelegant metaphor, but it's one way to kind of conceptualize it. Um, I still think there's lots of things we don't really know. But I do know, you know, you turn inward to go outward. <laughs> mm. You go outward to turn inward. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things, as above, so below, as within, so without. Uh, and it's because of those matching patterns. And I think just like we have that, um, that in and out above and below, we have the, the forward and backward in time. And that's still on a singular line. And I think it's bigger than that. Just like space is bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Um, Salamson, uh, the way the humans have to make an effort to exercise free will, do you think other entities do this? How can some entities have the concept of free will and not others? Uh, do they have it, but unable, unable to exercise it? Um, yeah, that's interesting. Never actually thought about that. I... I I've thought about that a lot, especially when it comes to plants, mm. you know, um, a lot of people, uh, especially 
uh, pre-enlightenment always had the opinion that animals don't have souls, right? No soul, no free will. Therefore, no consequence. Dogs can't go to heaven because they can't make a choice. And yet, I've lived with lots of dogs and cats. They're intelligent enough to make choices. Mm. Absolutely. And I think humanity has generally observed that. We figured out that dolphins and octopi and elephants are pretty smart. We observe rituals for elephants. Elephants have funerals. You know? Um, they have bonding rituals and rituals that happen when babies are born. So, um, I just think we are not uh, we don't have a big enough vision, a broad enough vision to understand it because we conceptualize our understanding of free will, our understanding of life, our understanding of time, only as we experience it. And yet, uh, we have a hard time even allowing for the experience of a fellow human to enter our understanding of experience. And when we start crossing species, usually we're okay at extending it to other animals because we see them as sentient and that sort of thing. But I think it also extends to plants. Plants make choices. And plants have debt. They have fate. Um, you know, my uh, mint plants that I, I just brought in from the freeze they didn't choose to be planted in containers. Some of them are kind of pissed about it and are constantly growing these exploring roots out of the containers, trying to get out and go somewhere else. Some of them are not. Some of them are quite content to stay in their containers and don't send out, of, out any of these exploring roots. And yet every single one of my mint plants are cloned from the single plant that I started with. They're not different species or anything else. <laughs> They're all born of cuttings. And yet they're making different choices about how they're living their life and how they're interacting with their environment. Um, Arlinda is here. Hello, Arlinda. Thanks for joining. And Richard um, asked, so are we fated to learn all the lessons over all lives or universes until it becomes one thing and free will is just how we learn? This is a big topic. So it is a very big topic. This is a huge topic. Mm. Well, so okay. I think that question presupposes again linear time and linear reincarnation. Yeah, I have to keep which, reading uh, those questions over and over again to try and get them to sink. <laughs> and we have that idea of the cosmic soup and we talk about it in linear time. After you die, you get put in the soup. All of your components dissolve and break down. That is a period of time also. Something ladles you out and pours you into a new physical form, right? But that's all happening simultaneously. Because ultimately, we are a collective. So how are we choosing personal lessons if we are actually a collective? And then... Oh, well, that's fate. Well, yes, but we're still engaging in lessons and learning and and moving through all of that. So we are learning all lessons in all lifetimes in the same moment in all universes. 
as everybody. As all life. As all life. Yeah, not just everybody, but all things. Right. We usually we can usually extend our idea of collective to all humanity. And then sometimes we can extend our idea of collective to all sentience, which usually includes animals. And then if we push past that, we can go, okay, everything that's alive, right? But then you got to think about, well, from a pagan perspective, that means all of the, the gnomes and the undines and the spirits and the landvites. I mean, vite, white, means a living thing. And now we use it to mean spirit. And so that, that also includes the gods and astral parasites and those weird little slug things that get on you when you go in the wrong place, right? Mm-hmm. That's alive too. And so, are we choosing, as an individual, a lesson in life? Are we choosing collectively? Of course, we could always expand our perception even further to envelop everything, which means that there is no time. Everything has already happened. And therefore, there is actually no fatal free will, because it's already done. (laughs) Except it's not already done. It is ever-present now in the eternal becoming. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also done, because there is no time. But done implies previously happened. But so does ever-present and continually happening. That just implies now. Yeah, but it's also a progress. Mm, not in the ever-present. Happening. Now. Happening now, right now. But still happening. Right now. <laughs> but isn't, right, but isn't, no, isn't now a, a time frame? Now is not bounded by past and future. Mm. That's why we say the ever-present now. Mm. It can't have happened, and it not will happen. It is, because. It It is. And it it has happened. (laughs) No, because as soon as (laughs) happen enters, there is a past and a boundary on now. Mm. Just like Ein Sof R, as soon as there is light without limit, right? Mm. As soon as there is a limit, there is a division between light and not light. As soon as there is as happened, there is a division between now and then. Mm. So the ever-present now is Ein Sof R, the point of no division, the all-encompassing everything as understood through time. So you can't have a has happened, and you can't have a will happen, because that would be a boundary that then chops off bits of now into something that's not now. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That smile means, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, let's have a look. Uh, Okay, almost done with the comments over here. Uh, Yolandi, I believe in in both free will and fate. I have learned lessons from both. Fate has put people on my path to teach me and I've accepted responsibility for my choices and try not to make the same mistake. 
Sorry, I thought I just saw smoke. No, it shouldn't be smoke. It must be just my eyes. <laughs> <sighs> the way it's going tonight, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it's smoke. It's a spirit. Who knows? It's you coming back from the future to go turn that off. That <laughs> <laughs> can't be from the future. <laughs> because of the ever-present now. No. Mm -hmm. I so, here's the thing. I think fate and free will are both very, very useful tools to believe in, just like future and past are both very useful tools to believe in. Um, how you lay your compass depends on where you want to stand and what you want to move. Uh, you can engage in any of these um, languaging, reality-shaping words. The important thing is don't get stuck there. Know that you can move them and therefore reshape reality. Mm. And it's, again, it's, it's where you want to stand. So it's how you build your compass. If you would like to stand on linear time, you will build your compass with a past and a future and stick yourself between them. But if you would like to be in the ever present now, then past and future don't belong in your compass. Mm. Not that moment. So I think fate and free will are another of the the um, polarities that we can use to cause um, an alignment in the process of collapsing that wave function. And all of those things that we use in that process, there's a reason that the the compass has um always comes in pairs, always comes in polarities, always comes in dualities, because the two extremes show us the bounds in the center. They define an area. And yet, as soon as we draw the line and we define these bounds and everything, and we are within the line, we have divided the line from something else. So as soon as we define right and left, we suddenly have not right and left, not center, but front or back. And another polarity and alignment arises. And as soon as that arises, well then another polarity and alignment arises up and down. And once that arises, so on and so forth. Until you get, you know, to the 10th dimension and all things are contained within the 10th dimension, you end up back at the universal one, the ever-present now. Um, that's why there's no clip off because it rolls around back together. Um, so, um, we can live on the lightning flash. We can live on the line, but when we do that, we live in a duality mm. and we can also use the power of these language, um, ideas, these reality-shaping things, magical things, runes, their secrets, um, that shape the reality of being to move us out of the duality reality that we use to define our concepts of reality, if that made sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sort of, sort of. <laughs> sort of, this is just a sort of. 
it's very deep. Yeah. Save your watch. We're in. <laughs> We're in over our heads. Deb said, I think in one's lifetime there are lessons to be learned in order to reincarnate to a higher form. And these lessons are repeated until the lesson is learned. <coughs> uh, that comes a bit into uh, Mighty Dead, I think. Well, <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. what's a higher... <coughs> What's a higher form? Is it better? Is that what, what higher means? Mm. Does it mean smarter, better, faster, harder, stronger? You know, what are you implying there? More enlightened spiritual, I, I would say, personally. So what? what's more enlightened? Well, if we talk, you know, about, if I... if we talk about the mighty dead, I mean, they, they're kind of... They don't get pulled out of the soup anymore. They don't get mixed up with everybody else because they've become more of a pure form. Pure. That's, there we go. Um, the idea of less contaminated. Oh, yes. More uh, individual. Yeah. More mm. isolated from connection. Mm. Maybe we mean stronger frequency. Easier to pick up on in the radio tuning noise of everything. Taking up a broader band of frequencies and therefore easier to pick up on as mighty dead. But then can we say you higher know, frequency? We could say higher frequency. We could also say lower frequency. Sometimes when you, um, you know, get into the, the bass, the bass thumps harder than the melody. Because mm. it carries deeper into your chest. It moves matter more. So, um, I'm not saying any of this is wrong. I'm saying we really need to examine our language. Mm. Really, really, really examine our language because it, it, that's what's shaping our reality. And again, um, lessons to be learnt in order to reincarnate to a higher form. There we are on that linear timeline and we're trying to get better and improve. But how are we defining better? Is it better for the collective? Is it better for the individual? Is it better for um, certain aspects of the progeny of the individual or the progeny of the collective? Are you affecting the creation of the ever-present now to change reality for all? Or are you modifying little bits at a time? All of those are, are both good and bad, higher and lower more and less enlightened because it's all about where you're standing and what line you've used in the polarity to define your center. What is the thing that takes us back out of the cauldron? Who controls the ladle? Who decides uh, which bits of everybody gets put together? And how does that get determined by at each time becoming purer and purer and purer? That's part, that's part of our battle with. Well, so pure, do you mean less connected to material and closer to spirit? Um, okay, the way, I, the way I've understood the cosmic soup is that we get thrown in, we get pulled to pieces, lots and lots and lots and lots of pieces, we all get mixed up together, and then at some point, something comes along and takes out bits and bits and bits and puts them in together, okay? What does that? first of all, but a progression over, you see how we're going linear again, 
<laughs> because, okay, talking linearly to try and get this out. Progression over lifetimes. We keep getting thrown back. We keep getting mixed up. We keep getting pulled out. But each time it, it somehow becomes purer until it gets to that point <clears throat> where it is pure enough to become mighty dead. But there is no progression oh, because it's about time. I know. <laughs> so here's the thing. Every time we have this conversation, mm. right? Or any of these deep ass conversations <laughs> where it gets confusing and everybody's head goes thong, right? <laughs> um, we have to draw lines and make assumptions. Mm. Like you just said, okay, linear time. Assumption one. Mm. But assumption two was pure. Mm. Right? So there's another line. There's another axis from less pure to more pure. And you need to define those points to understand mm. what that is. Higher. There's another line. Higher and lower. What is that? What is that line really about? What is defining your compass and therefore your bit of reality? Because when we, when we encompass something, right, we bound it off. We define it. That's why light without limit is without limit. It has no definition because it has no boundaries. It has no form. Saturn is the planet of form and the planet of limits. So all of these things, we can look at them from thousands of different ways. And we always, always start with some compass we're standing on something we have bounded off, something we have chopped off in every bit. And I think the, the thing that we don't look at most of the time is that the first thing we've chopped off is questions and answers. Mm. And we've decided that answers are valuable. And therefore, we want to move towards that. We want surety. We want answers. We want to know things. Because answers are the building blocks to build the next compass to stand on, right? Mm. You have an answer for something. This is solid. There's an answer. Now I can stand on the desk because it's solid. And that works for this physical form that is just as solid as the desk is. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we have to step back sometimes <coughs> and realize that maybe the solid answers only move us one way because mm. we could move the other way on that line and pursue solid questions and yes more questions lead to more questions just like more answers lead to more answers that doesn't mean because we have more questions that we know less mm. because in order to ask more questions we actually have to know more to ask more questions Often we don't know what we don't know. We can't ask questions about things we don't understand and we can't think about. So I think many of these, you know, fate versus free will, um, linear time versus the wibbly wobbly massive stuff, and, and we're posing all of these in this versus in this duality universe again. We can pursue answers or we can pursue questions. We can pursue understanding or we can pursue um being you know understanding very cerebral very thinking about it very analytical and it's super fun to go down there and and 
you know, pick things apart and poke at it and see what happens when you try to rip reality apart. But it's also very nice to simply deeply engage in the experience of being without the analysis and the, the pulling apart. Instead of dissection, we're interested in wholeness and harmony. Mm. And it's all about how you build your compass and where you want to go. And I think, you know, the great secret, and, and again, this is from listening to Peter recently, when you build a compass and you get Orlin, right? You get everything that like gyroscopic motion going and you want to go somewhere, you push just a wee bit in the other direction first, mm. right? You lean back to take your step forward. Kind of catapults you. So if we lean into an answer, it catapults us into questions. Mm. But if we lean into the questions, it catapults us into answers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, let me carry on here. Um, I've done that one already. There we go. I think that mankind, just Lady Kakara, I think that mankind is nature deficient, hence our, whoops, hence our lack of awareness of nature spirits and animal having souls. Hmm. It's also selfish. But yeah. 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 Um, I, I do think we are very nature deficient. We have, we've cut ourselves off from interacting with other life to the point that we think things like houses are not alive or rocks are not alive, you know, that sort of thing. People will be like, well, it's dead, it's concrete, it's plastic. Well, mm. still, you know, there's a way. Uh, the People's Library is here. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Um, Yolandi asked, there is, or said, there is no fate except for that which we make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Because mm -hmm. that brings us back right to the beginning again. Well, sort of middle-ish. Uh, yeah, you that, have to have the free will to have choice to make fate. Yeah, but also that, um, you know, we, we, we hear the word fate and we think it is that whole everything is predetermined and there is no getting out of it and you cannot change it. But uh, it's not. It's about constantly being happening in the moment there you go yeah and my favorite thing is i i was having pretty much this debate with my magister when i was uh, a young uh spunky witch that argued even more than i do now if you can imagine that <laughs> yeah. and um you know something something like that came up um talking about fate and i'm like well who who predetermined all this, right? God, Caridwen, Mother Gaia, the universe, what? And of course, uh, my magister being who he was, was just like, aha, go scrub the floor and think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the question that pushed me into the answer ultimately led me to that understanding of 
the collective. Mm. Who determined? We did. I did. But I is is everything. Does. We. Mm. Not just we right here. Not just we alive right now. But we. Everything. Mm. Ever has been and was. Does that would that include? I mean, we're we're coming. I'm coming back to the cosmic soup again. Um, because uh, you know, I, I kind of do go to the immediate idea that when we all get thrown into the cosmic soup, we're talking about people. I mean, would that include everything? That, I mean, everything has a, has a soul. So it, right. it's all plants, animals, rocks, everything, and right. we get picked out, and we all become all, all bits and parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, we often think about, you know, ladling out and pouring into a new person. Mm. But, you know, the the void of, of life also needs an ant and a, a dust mite and an aardvark and pond scum, you know. So the pull of the vacuum that is the the womb of the place for new life doesn't just pour out humans mm. so you know i think when we think about those things when we talk think about the mighty dead and the cosmic soup we are usually just in this very human centric even if maybe anthropomorphic kind of mind space but if we start thinking about all of life in there right and think about some of the, you know, the biggest living organism on uh, the earth is a mushroom colony, right? A fungal colony that occupies most of the um, Asian, Eurasian continent. How much life is poured into that? Mm. Is that just one soul? Do we... Do we isolate it because the genetics match and that is the boundary for that soul? Is it millions of souls? Is it the mighty dead? Because it is so big and so complex that that's how they manifest now. Mm. And it really does push the idea that there is no I or me because we can't say that um, the ant that's crawling across my desk has part of me from a past life because there was no me because it's all been mixed up over and over and over and over and over and over and ad infinitum. Right. Um, right. So there really, 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 there's no I or me. We are just as everything. And I mean, there are way more individual insects on earth than there have ever been individual humans. Mm. So what's the likelihood that when you get poured out of the soup that you're going to be human again? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Solomon said I think free will and fate go hand in hand like one can't be without the other hmm. um, Deb said I'm not sure what I mean by higher well there you go that's your question yeah thanks your question now you can go go wash the floors and find the answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do think fate and free will go hand in hand I think all of these dualities uh, one cannot be without the other. Light can't be without dark, because you can't you can't find out anything without a boundary. Mm -hmm. And you have to you have to have that 
that thing. And that's why we we joke and we say, yes, three, because we usually get the two, right? Fate, free will. Uh, What's this thing over here? (laughs) Something else. Mm -hmm. Is it the middle? Is it on that line? Or is it the thing we find by simply crossing off and and making a boundary? Mm -hmm. Uh, Lady Capera had to go. Bye-bye. See you next week. Uh, Studio Noir said, Gnosis from Vasago, uh, you all humans are trying so hard to define everything and you set the boundaries to keep everything in different boxes. Try to define me. Then he left laughing. Yeah, absolutely. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got to talk about these things, otherwise we'd just be sitting here going, uh, 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 and that would be it. <laughs> True. True. Mm-hmm. I... There is a time for boundaries and there is a time for not boundaries. And even that duality falls apart upon determination. Deb said, I was told by someone my previous life I existed during wartime, blood, 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 with two fatally sick children. This life is for me to heal from the pain, so not necessarily a higher form. Um... Now again, that's not got nothing to do with higher, lower, purer, or anything. I mean, if you if you go into your past lives, you are basically everybody in this worldview, in this concept. Obviously, um, you know this is ours. It might not be everybody's, um, but it's like the, the the big question: why is why are so many people the reincarnation of Cleopatra? <laughs> because Cleopatra was split into millions of pieces and gone into millions of bodies. Um, so everybody um, is the reincarnation of everybody. Yeah, I am the reincarnation of Cleopatra's dildo. It's you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? No, because <laughs> I think I'm the third one on the left. No, there so many. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so it, it's stuff like that. It, it's phrases like that, that we really have to examine what those base assumptions are that are leading to that. And I think it comes around to um, questions like, why are we alive? What is the purpose of life? You know, um, what is the point? What is the goal? Is there a goal? Why? Does there need to be a goal? And these are fundamental questions about worldview. In the Christian worldview, the purpose of life is to attain eternal reward after life. Right? That That's it. That's the goal. Um, but if there isn't an eternal afterlife in your worldview, how does, how does that affect that? We import so many things in our foundational understanding of worldview that we just picked up when we were kids from what was given to us and what was around us and we rarely question them we rarely re-examine them and i think we get to the point that we forgot that we can question those very very base assumptions very very base assumptions like is reincarnation linear 
is it always humans? Is there a reason for such a thing? Is there a higher intelligence? You know, and lots of these things. And the, the best place to start, best place to start is watch the words that come out of your mouth. Because mm. we all, we all betray our unconscious bias when we speak. We all do it. Everyone, you know, and we have to pick up on those things. We have to really examine those things because those words, those are what shapes reality. Mm. Uh, Deb said, um, I think I believe reincarnation might go, go other forms than human. Yeah, and uh, I've got some reading and floor washing to do, really, though. <laughs> floor washing's good. Get rid of the negativity. Um, Yolandi said, it is very depressing for me to think everything is fated and I have no control over the outcome. Mm. Yeah. Um, I find it extremely liberating to think I have no control over the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to make the choices and decisions. But but for me, that's a flight of fancy to think that I have no control over the outcome. Mm. My, my understanding is that I really do have quite a bit of control and therefore responsibility over the outcome of life. And even outcome implies, Doesn't you know, end. an ending, a product. Mm. Um, so... Uh, I don't know. I, that's probably a very Zen thing to say, you know, um, relax everything. Everything's fine. Everything's out of control. Uh, but I think it, it all depends on where you're standing. If you're placing yourself in the personal responsibility and having control, then yeah, yeah, you want control because it, it keeps you safe. It keeps you alive, all of those sort of things. But if you're placing yourself in the collective responsibility, you don't want control because holy crap, all these people are dumb with their heads up their asses 90% of the time. And usually I'm one of them, right? <laughs> so it just depends on where you're standing. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say something now it's gone. Uh, no, completely gone now. Oh, well, I ran that one. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. Um, it happens. <laughs> it'll, it'll come back if it was important enough. Um, Studio Noir said, uh, while I feel fine with the theory of a primordial cosmic soup, the thing with the collective, I find it so hard to, sh to swallow. It's very hard to swallow. I think lots of these are. I think, like, yeah, loads, loads of these concepts are difficult to swallow. Difficult to wrap your head around and I still can't wrap my head around a lot of them. And I think they're hard to swallow because, again, we are starting with the premise that this is the answer, right? Mm. The one and only, the great resolution. And it's not. Mm. It's a viewpoint. It's a, it's a temporary engagement in understanding that may serve us for some time purpose in some time or, or may not. And just because we 
take it in and we engage in it and we play around with it doesn't mean we have to adopt it as the permanent state of being forever. There are absolutely times in magic where it is extremely important to be an individual. It is extremely important to exert the force of your true will. Then and, and not be connected to the collective or not even um, have an inkling that the collective is a thing. You don't need to be in that space, in that magic. And then there are times where you want to be dissolved into the oneness. Mm. Let's come back to Yolandi's uh, statement. I just remembered. Um, that's why we're witches, because we cheat fate. So by submission to our laws. Yes. Which means. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. absolutely Um, yeah it's it's confusing I know know it's confusing Um, Isaac said uh, my goal is is to continue evolving my soul as much as I can for this life and for my following lives no matter what form I take next I also believe in both fate and free will I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a bit different to what we, we are, well, I don't know, what I believe anyway. Um, but there's nothing to say that you are wrong and we are wrong or we are right and you are right. Um, who knows? That's why we talk about these things. Yeah, I don't want the wrong and right duality in my compass. No. No. Um, it, could all be. It, doesn't, it doesn't help me because I have no reason to push myself into wrong in order to push myself into right. Mm. You know, and, and like the word I pick up on in that sentence is evolving. For me, evolve just means change and adapt to circumstance. But for a lot of people, evolve means get better, Mm. improve in some way. And again, what is that line that you're drawing? You know, what, what is the goal you're reaching for? What is the duality you're proposing? And let me see how I want to language this. In order to engage in materiality, which we must, that's faded, right? We are required. We have the debt of materiality. We must find the mm, framework that allows us to engage in a beneficial way, or we cease our engagement with materiality. So we talk about all of these spiritual things, we talk about all of this stuff, and and for many people there is a dichotomy of spirit and matter, that's one of those dualities. And, and one pushes one way and one pushes the other. But we cannot use the, the knowledge and the power of spirit to affect matter by disengaging from matter. And we cannot use the knowledge and power of matter to affect spirit by disengaging from spirit. Mm. So, 
while fate binds us to a material plane, a material body, the option of free will <clears throat> allows our spirits to reshape reality. But you can't reshape a reality you're not in. Mm. There's also the use of my soul. Um, again, coming back to there is no me or I if we are all part of the collective. Um, you know, the problem, I think the problem is we could discuss all of these topics around in circles and small oh. circles and Absolutely. carry on doing it. Um, and we all come to our own c conclusions at the end of the day. And uh, I'm going to use the term right and wrong. Uh, I don't think anybody's right or wrong. Um, I think we just, there's a whole big universe out there to discover. And we could all be correct. <laughs> just like there is no time. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It's complex and it's deep, and we've talked round and round in circles for um, at least four hours now, including the previous show. And that's just, you know, barely scratching the surface. Mm. And when you get deep, deep into it, the important thing is, is to realize that you're not trying to find a concrete answer to the life, the universe, and everything. You're not looking for permanence. You're not looking for the ultimate rightness. You're looking for right now. You're looking for beneficial right now, which has to do with your circumstances and your surroundings and all of your current restrictions and freedoms and, and benefits and, and drawbacks. And so that is an ever-changing, ever-flowing set of circumstances that can never be compared person to person because we each have our own backgrounds, our experiences, our understandings, everything. And so my right right now will not be the same as my right right then or my right right then and will never be the same as your right right now because we can't be the same and yet we are all part of the collective. So my right right now affects your right right now, just as yours affects mine. <laughs> that didn't confuse you. <laughs> I just made it worse, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you got. That. I'm sure. It was the studio anywhere? I'm sure they got that. Um, oh, Deb gave us uh, twenty dollars. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Deb. Oh, no. We appreciate it was, that. It was Isaac, wasn't it? Um, okay, Studio Noir. Uh, for example, some want to reincarn, some want to be reincarnated, some want just to break the circle. Mm -hmm. um, Isaac said, "That's that's why we're witches. We cheat fate. Love that." Uh, Studio Noir. The fact that the concept of time is hidden deep within the topic of fate versus free will is a kind of magic in and of itself. Yeah. 
and Yolandi said an example of fate versus fate and free will is somebody who is born with a mental illness you are fated to have the illness but you can choose to go into therapy and take your meds uh, don't about all the time not everybody has a choice to go to therapy because they may not have a fate such that allows for that choice yeah I mean, you know, um, what's what's his name? The Iceman that oh, we found. No, like uh, uh, the Iceman. Uh, uh, yeah, Wim, Wim Hof calls the, like, called the Iceman because he likes to go into ice, yes. Yeah. We named him something. Who knows what his, his name was at the time. He, he didn't have well, the, the choice to go to therapy. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying. Mm. I do. But, again, it's one of those, every time you make a definitive statement about this, there's some exception to the rule, which is every time you draw a line on your compass, something outside that line. So, mm. um, I find um, so many of these these statements and examples and, and things we use as such wonderful uh, jumping off points for thought because every, we can always just poke it, just poke it a little more, you know, and, and, and see what happens and discover new things. Mm. Well, there's a million and one different ways you can take a concept and view it, mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and why why do all that, right? Why go to all of that trouble and all of that that headachey thinking and and pondering and and figuring out what in the world I mean when I say right right now and you're right right now is not my right right now, but it must affect both of them, right? Is because that's how you cheat fate. Mm -hmm. That's how you shape reality. That's how you change the world. Yep. All right, then. Uh, should we call it a day? It's, oh, I think we've been battling for two hours with the internet. At least it got right when I brought I got more hot chocolate. So. Um, yeah, it did settle down. Maybe yeah. we should not mention it again. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Next time, before we start, I'll just pour some hot chocolate on the router over there. Um, <laughs> give it an offering. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We will be back next week with, I believe, are we doing dark and light time next week? Yes, we're talking about dark and light time next week, which I'm sure will be a continuation of this discussion <laughs> yeah. somehow, some way. Because, you know, it's all just kind of a, a gooey weird ball of stuff <laughs> all right so we thank, did... you all for, uh, thank you all for engaging discussion with us and sticking with us through uh, our internet struggles yeah. disturbances <laughs> um i just, just want to say we did do a dark and light time um show right at the beginning i think it was our first black hat uh, chat. Oh, oh, our very on. first. Oh, hang on, we got, we got the sex spam. Oh, um, right. spam. 
uh, wait, oh, hide user, there we go. And gone. Squash. Where would we be without sex, sex and money and spam? Oh, no. Um, yeah, now I've got sex on the brain. I can't remember what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Sex, 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 we did. Sorry. <laughs> we, did, we did a show on Night and Dark Time. So if you want to watch that one, this might bring up some questions you want to ask us next week and then do so. Um, you just have to go to the search panel in my on my channel, and you should find it. It's in the Black Hat Chat uh, playlist, anyway. Yeah, hit the Black Hat Chat playlist and scroll all the way to the beginning. Yep. And we discuss dark versus light time. So. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Isaac says thank you so much. You have offered me great perspectives. I'm very open to new ideas. Excellent. Fantastic. Thanks for joining. Um, thank you for joining with us. Yep. Uh, Deb said thank you. It said thank you. Pleasure. And we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Yes. Thank you all. Oh wait, I'm pressing. Uh, I'm pressing buttons tonight. <laughs> yes, you're responsible for that side. <laughs> all right. <laughs> thank you for joining us today in the Black Hat Chat. Have a look in the description of this podcast or in the About section for all of our links and tune in next week for another exciting chat.